You are listening to The Last Aid Station on Mountain Bike Radio, your source of off-road news and highlights. And welcome to The Last Aid Station here on Mountain Bike Radio. This is Mark, and I'm joined today in a special episode with Ryan O'Dell, the Race Series Director of the National Ultra Endurance Series. And I had him join me today because we have some exciting news for those of you who participate in the NUE or perhaps are considering participating in NUE. So first, I'd like to welcome Ryan O'Dell to the last aid station. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. Yep. And I appreciate the great coverage this year by uh, Mountain Bike Radio. I think uh, racers really enjoyed it, the racers I spoke with because uh, you provided some in-depth coverage that they weren't getting in other uh, from other sources. So it was really unique. It was great. Appreciate well, the coverage. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, and to tell you honestly, and I've said this several times in some of the coverage this year, the way a lot of the races in the NUE are laid out and directed by the um, promoters and the individual race directors, it makes it very easy from my standpoint. Those courses just, they make it's easy to tell great stories and they're, they're out there and the, the courses are hard and difficult. And when you have that and you have all the different types of people that are involved in the races, it just makes for great stories. And I love covering the NUE because I'm always guaranteed it being very easy on my end to cover um, all the stuff happening throughout the race, not only at the front, but through the middle of the pack and things like that. So. It's been a, it's been well, a pleasure. That's awesome. Now, that, yeah. that goes right with our mission of you know greater recognition for um, U.S. and NUE racers. So yeah, so it's it's great and uh, appreciate that that type of coverage that you're offering. So this year, um, you are about to announce the 2016 NUE Race Series. Um, that includes the schedule for next year, and we're actually going to get a chance to go over those kind of one by one and talk about if there's any race dates or changes. But there is a big announcement inside all of this. And what is that big announcement for 2016? The big announcement uh, that everyone's been waiting for, and this is racers have been uh, asking us, asking for this for a long time, but uh, we needed some time to uh, discuss it with the participating race directors, make sure that they agreed and were on board with this move. Um, but but it's been coming for a long time, and uh, so finally, in our 10th year, our first decade of racing, we're going to be announcing this year the 2016 NUE Marathon Race Series. And what will that include? Um, those are going to be distances of uh, the, the shorter races, the 50 miles, the 100Ks. Um, there's even one that's a 50K due to the, the level of difficulty. Um, but uh, mostly in the 50-mile, 100K range, which, uh, you know, most of the NUE races offer those shorter distances. Um, we just haven't uh, included those. And uh, now as a separate series, not, not combined with the 100-mile series, it'll be a separate series, we are going to be able to include those races that have existed for years that um, um, racers that haven't received NUE recognition or points will get that recognition for the first time in 2016. That's excellent. And that's really actually some great news for racers and not only for, you know, perhaps people that feel that hundred miles is maybe a little bit outside of their fitness zone, but also for elite racers who feel that their specialty lies more at a slightly shorter distance, still including some endurance, but also include, including some high speed stuff. So you could see some battles of 
endurance guys versus like traditional XC in that little window there that um, you guys are now creating and putting a series around. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, and, and we're not limiting anyone either. I, we've, uh, if a, if a racer is competing in the 100 mile series and wants to compete in the marathon race series, they can do that too. It'll be separate. I mean, points aren't going to transfer between the marathon series or the 100 mile series. It'll still be separate. But, um, um, you know, we've had a couple of racers that have, uh, taken on more than one division in the NUE series. Yes. Um, Jerry, I'm thinking Jerry Flug and, our uh, current single speed champion Gordon Wadsworth that that were able to place in two divisions right. in the NUE series, so that's possible. But it's also possible to race in both race series. Right. Um, the only question I had for you though is, do you think this is going to potentially um, decrease field sizes in the 100, or do you think it's going to open up just more potential for the marathon race series? I, I don't think it's going to decrease the 100-mile series at all. I mean, first of all, almost all of our races are already selling out. And um, what I've noticed as, as uh, I haven't noticed a trend either way uh, where one is growing more than the other. Right. But when I look at, for example, the Mohican 100, um, we have, we're now the biggest race in the NUE series, not the biggest 100-mile race. That's still Shenandoah. Right. They're strictly 100-mile. But at, in the Mohican 100, out of our almost 700 racers, half of them are racing in the 100K. And, um, you know, we're going into our 15th year, and it seems like it's about time we included all of these racers and and then also open up the same opportunity to them that the 100-mile racers have. And I, I think it's going to step more people up to the 100-mile because it's a it's a greater payout. The rewards are bigger. Um so, so I think it'll be, it'll have a ladder effect. Yeah. I think it also gives a great stepping stone for maybe someone who, um, comes into the series with a little bit less fitness and gets his feet wet and then quickly realizes I want to step up. And by, you know, mid season or not even mid season, they're already stepped up and racing more in the hundred division. Definitely potential for a lot of racers that question their ability, but get a chance to actually compete in a series now. Um, at that shorter distance. I think it opens a door for racers coming off of injury that yes. might not be ready for a 100-mile race. I think it opens a door for maybe maybe a racer that um, um, has, is, is doing a World Cup or something and, and doesn't want to uh, take on a 100-mile but would consider a shorter distance race in between. I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of possibilities that this is going to open up. And um, I'm just I'm I'm just happy that we're it's going to double the size of the NUE series because uh, there's the racers are already doing these races they're just not getting NUE recognition and now they will get that recognition. Yeah, and we're definitely excited to cover it here at the last aid station. So let's talk about the schedule for this year and what is on the cards. Um, again, you guys are starting in mid March uh, with the True Grit Epic, kind of your traditional starting point. Uh, let's just yeah, go through this. Great uh, race. Yeah, great, great race. Great race to start in March. I mean, it's dry, it's nice. Who wouldn't want to get away to St. George, Utah in March? So, yeah, that's those, uh, there's already, it's all, the registration has been open and there's a lot of people that have already registered and I'd recommend getting in early this year because it's going to sell out fast. And that race is March 12th, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next race on the series is, um, nearly six or seven weeks later at Cohutta, um in Tennessee. What well, can you tell me about this race? 
Um, uh, Cahood is going to be on uh, April 30th. Um, I haven't, I'm not privy to any major course changes, um, but we'll keep everybody up to speed as, as that becomes available. Um, it, it's another one of those races that, that's going to sell out. And it's the, the great thing about it too is that they get a high number of racers doing the shorter distances and now they're going to receive NUE recognition and, and, and press coverage and rewards, um, just like, just like the 100 mile racers. Then there's a little race the first weekend in June, um, Mohican something or other. Mohican something <laughs> or other. We're, uh, yeah, we're celebrating our 15th anniversary. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, it started with 30 guys who all got lost because of a troll that, that spray painted over all of our arrows and we all grouped up and had a group ride back. Um, that was our first year. And now it's almost 700 racers. It's like Leadville. We block off the whole downtown. Um, the mayor and, and the people in town are fully behind it. It just keeps growing every year. And um, there's always going to be some new twists and turns. I'm not going to reveal those right now, but uh, um, everyone did like the new start to the Mohican 100. And uh, so we're probably going to keep that. It really spread people out really well. So if you haven't done Mohican in a long time, uh, it's worth coming back. We really improved the uh, the finish and the uh, the start of the race um, over the last couple of years. And that takes place on June 4th. Um, June 4th. A couple of weeks later, all the way out into the mountains of Colorado for the Bailey 100 on June 18th. Uh, yes, and, and that coincides with the Lumberjack 100. Both races sell out. Um, one east, one west. So it hasn't been a problem to have them on the same date, June 18th. Okay. Um, Bailey, uh, does a great job of, uh, it was actually started by a senator, um, and it raises money for trips for kids. It raises money for their NICA leagues. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it's a great race and a good fundraiser. Um, and then the Lumberjack 100 is one of the favorite courses in the series because it has, it's all single track. It's fast. You can't, you cannot let off the gas on this race and, um, it, it sells out every year. It's another one of those races you want to get in early. Registration is going to open up January 3rd at noon. So don't miss out, yeah. uh, for the Lumberjack. And Lumberjack is also one of the few races, um, I think you said there were four total, um, that does not have a hundred or a shorter distance, 100K distance or a marathon distance. Correct. Our NUE marathon schedule is 10 races. Um, of the 14 existing NUE races, um, there are four that don't offer a shorter distance or aren't participating in the marathon series. And I think it's just that they don't offer those distances. The High Cascades 100, the uh, Lumberjack 100, uh, Wilderness 101, and Shenandoah. Um, they sell out without uh, any shorter distances being offered. So so we'll have a 10-race schedule in the marathon series. Um, we didn't add any new races to the 100-mile series, I think, with this big announcement of adding the marathon race series. I think it, was, it made sense to uh, just pause. Uh, for one year, there's a lot of great races that went into the NUE series, and it had nothing to do with those races. It's just this with this announcement and the, just about doubling of the size of the series, it made sense not to uh, add a whole bunch of new races at this time. Off the race number six uh, to Tonka 100, a very cool race, but way up in the Dakotas. Um, what can you tell me? Um, that's going to be in the marathon series. That's our shortest distance. It's a 50 K, but okay. uh, don't let that fool you. This is a tough, 
tough race. Um, the, it's, it's the only point to point race in the NUE series. We start at Mount Rushmore. We have all of Mount Rushmore to ourselves. It's just us there. It's before, before it opens up for the uh, tourists and the race starts right there. And then you travel, um, you connect to the Centennial Trail, um, and go all the way to Sturgis. Um, and you know, all of that's covered. You know, they have buses that'll, that, that will take you to the uh, start line. And when you're there, you're, you know, when you finish in Sturgis, um, you know, everything's there for you. It was a great party last year. Um, it's, they stepped that race up so much that I would highly recommend, um, taking the trip to, uh, beautiful South Dakota in July. Um, temperatures are nice. Um, it's, uh, it's, that race has really come a long way. On to race number seven, the High Cascades 100 out in Oregon. That's one of my favorite races. Okay. I, I always plan to stay a few extra days there because, the, the town, the community of Bend and um, all that they offer there is just so amazing. Uh, the High Cascades 100 is one of the best managed races, um, dialed aid stations. Um, race director Mike Ripley um, really has a grip on how to serve racers and, and put on an event that, that everyone raves about. Um, definitely would be very high up on my list. If, if you haven't been to Bend, they have about 800 miles of trails there that travel in between towns. And so it, it's a vacation destination. Yeah. And, and, uh, I would highly recommend anybody going to that race to plan, plan to stay for a few days, uh, stay for a week and, and check out what the area has to offer because it's amazing. Um, on to the wilderness one Oh one, which is, uh, traditionally held that third weekend in July. I got a chance to actually go to that race this year and actually cover it in person, kind of be like the journalist on the weekend. And what a fantastic uh, venue and uh, course. I mean, just amazing. Yeah, Chris Scott um, is has, has a very solid reputation in the cycling community. Um, actually, the Wilderness 101 was the first race that I ever participated in uh, before there was a Mohican 100. Um, it was uh, in part the inspiration. Uh, for the Mohican 100 and ultimately the NUE race series. Um, it was a different type of racing, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't just going around in circles. We were actually going somewhere. Um, it was fun. It was hard. And, uh, and there was always a great party at the end. You know, and Chris Scott always knows how to throw a great party at the end of a race, whether it's Shenandoah or Wilderness 101. So definitely check that out. The, the interesting thing is, is that the uh, Big Bear Grizzly 100, which has typically been on that same weekend, is moved one week later. So there are no other races on that date. So, so it is possible now to go to the Wilderness 101 and still make it out to the Big Bear Grizzly um, on July 30th. Yeah, and that really packs your July uh, four out of five weekends with NUE races. The only one is that just that July 4th weekend, you don't have something. But um, amazing that you are getting to the point where – and every single one of those are quality, quality events with pretty decent fields. Um, and the, you guys have really gotten to the point now where July and August – from my standpoint and covering on the last aid station made it extremely difficult um, because there was so many, so much racing going on. And um, I applaud you for that because you guys have really, really given the racers what they want, which is the ability to pick and choose great races or do them all. And um, every single one is a, is a great event. 
Yeah, and 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 the thing to remember is you only the only the requirement is only four races, and right. and you know we've received some criticism that our schedule is maybe it's too big, it's it's getting diluted, um, but I, I disagree with that uh, assumption. Um, I think that um, that's been the whole problem in part with some of the, for example, USAC races where you have to follow the set schedule, and if it doesn't fit with your life schedule, you're done, you're out, you can't. You can't participate. Yeah. You only you can choose any of these four races. If you're not ready or you're not conditioned in March, don't go to the March race. Choose another race. Um, but but we want to have enough races to where it's affordable. People can easily travel to four. They can choose four, and it's and it's centered around your lifestyle, not not this set schedule where you have to attend each and every race. And most of them are in California or you know outside of your area. Yeah. So into the. Uh, month of August, and you've got Pierre's Hole 100. The Pierre's Hole 100, um, the for racers who haven't done this race in a long time, I would highly recommend that you reconsider it. They've added a lot more single track each and every year. They continue to build there, and just last year they received an Imba Epic uh, destination. So uh, whether you're just uh, whether you're racing or riding, this is a great place to visit. You can stay right there. It's got free camping. There's uh, condominiums right there. Food is provided. Everything is there that you need. You don't even have to travel. The starting line is right there at the base of the resort. And they have uh, uh, downhill bikes available for rental, downhill and cross-country. You can take the lifts up. They've got downhill-specific trails. There's just a lot to do there, and it's a great place to bring the family. Um, if you're going to, you know, bring your family out for the vacation and you want to do the race, I would recommend Pierre's Hall. Excellent. And speaking of destination races, August 20th, the Rincon Challenge. Wow. That was, uh, I, I went there for the first time this last year and it was amazing. I think you can ask anybody that was there. Um, it's so different than all of the other races. You travel through four microclimates. It's a hundred mile race that goes all the way around a volcano. And uh, Rincon also has a 100K option that will be on the NUE Marathon Race Series schedule. That's August 20th. But uh, amazing race. They take care of you while you're there. You, uh, Even though it's uh, outside the U.S., uh, Southwest Airlines now serves uh, Liberia and San Jose. If you want to go to La Ruta, for example, um, the tickets I checked on were $400 round trip from Cleveland. Um, so that's as cheap to fly to Rincon as it is any other race. Um, cost of airfare shouldn't even be a consideration. Um, it's, uh, it's cost, it's, it's, it's well worth the cost to travel there and experience the hospitality of Costa Rica. So, um, definitely if, uh, if you've got, uh, got a little, a couple extra days to spend, um, check out the Rincon Challenge. Okay. And that is August 20th. Um, August 21st, the very next day, um, new or in New Hampshire is the Hampshire 100. Correct. Uh, that's our big East Coast event. Um, they uh, they made some course changes last year uh, to make the race just a little bit easier. It's, it's a very technical, rocky course, um, and not everywhere, but in places. So um, so they they've made it a little bit more doable. The finish times are a little bit more relaxed. And um, I spoke to the race director, and the course markings um, are going to be uh, stepped up again uh, for this next year, to, just to make sure everybody knows where they're going, and and we don't have any issues with that. 
Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to visit and a very challenging course. And they do a great job of putting on an event there. All right. And into the month of September for the two big events uh, that always seem to end the NUE series, the Shenandoah 100 on September 4th, that traditional Labor Day weekend race, and then the Fool's Gold 100, which is the series finale on September 17th. Both are very, very, very solid races. Both have a long history. Um, anything new coming out of those guys? I haven't heard about any, you know, any what's going to be new or changed. But, but you know that, for example, Chris Scott is always they're always building new trail. They're always they're always stepping up their game. So, so we'll make those announcements. Uh, in fact, with all the races, when there's new news to be announced, um, you'll hear it at Mountain Bike Radio, um, and we'll get we'll get the word out there. Um, I would just uh, I would just recommend the Shenandoah 100. It is the biggest 100 mile race. It's the granddaddy of them all. It's the oldest race in the NUE series, and um, and there's no there's there's no better party than Shenandoah. And I would argue Mohican too, um, but they but it's just so great at Shenandoah because everybody's camped out there and everybody's there, and it's uh, it's always been a, a great time. And I always look forward to going up there. And then the series finale, uh, maybe you can explain a little bit of how the series finale works, um, but at Fool's Gold on September 17th, um, down in the wine country of the mountains of Georgia. Yeah, uh, the Fool's Gold 100, um, since it's uh, it's been under new management for the last two years, and they've made a lot of improvements to the race. I mean, the course markings are so much better now. The, the course itself um, has had a lot of work done to it, and it's, it's a great course. Um, the NUE series is the best four of whether it's whether you're racing in the hundred miler series or the marathon series, and but if there is a tie, um, then it's broken at the Fool's Gold 100. You do not have to race the Fool's Gold 100 in order to receive series recognition, but if the guy you're tied with goes to Fool's Gold and he finishes that race, even though you have the same score, he's going to be scored ahead of you. So that's how we that's how we break ties. We don't make it mandatory. Um, but we like to have our champions there, and often the NUE series comes right down to the Fool's Gold 100. Yep, it has in several categories over the last several years. Um, it's always a, and it's a great race to do it on because Fool's Gold it does have a a bit of climbing on it, but it also has quite a bit of single track, and it's kind of a a, a very good rounded mountain biker will do very well on that course. Yeah, and the last two years have uh, have been great. I know that they uh, they want to increase that you know that post race festivity and party and so look for some announcements on that. I'm not going to reveal too much, but uh, trust me, the race directors are focused on that. They want they want that to be the big cel- the big year end celebration, and it is our year end celebration. So so uh, they're working to make even more improvements for this year, and we'll be uh, forthcoming with announcements as they become available. Great. So that's the series for 2016. Um, hopefully all you listeners and people that are interested in the NUE will be attending as many as possible. Always great events. Um, Ryan, before I let you go, why don't you tell me, uh, there's been some um, talk, um, you guys had actually sent out some polls and things like that about races that perhaps may be included in the future. Um, going across the list, there aren't any new races in 2016, but any hints about what may be coming down? 
Um, yeah, there, there was, there was, uh, some racists that got really good comments from our surveys. In fact, uh, uh, races like, uh, Patapsco 100, which is typically held on July 4th. I think they got rained out and, and held that in the, in the, uh, fall. Um, uh, a, a race that's definitely on the radar. The X100 got great, um, feedback on, on the, uh, surveys and, um, they do a great job up there. Um, it had nothing, not including additional races this year, really had nothing to do with um, the quality of those races. So I would encourage racers to to go to these other races and check them out and, and let us know what you think. Um, they'll be offering the uh, NUE surveys as well. But uh, we needed to just uh, take a step back. We're introducing this marathon series and not try to do too much too fast. And it was a consensus of NUE race directors not to expand the series, at least this year. So we'll reevaluate all of that next year. Um, we'll, we're going to put some of those races on the schedule. Um, there's another one, the Medicino 100 in California, um, that's on the radar. Um, so, you know, if you've got those weekends free and you're in that area and you're an NUE racer, check some of these racers out. Let us know what you think. If there's other races that we haven't heard about, um, I've heard of one in northern Michigan, uh, in the UP. Um, we're always interested in races that fit uh, regionally and fit with our existing schedule, so we're not putting races right on top of each other. Um, but uh, I definitely see growth in the future, and I don't see it as a dilution of the series. So um, some may disagree with that, but I, I think that if racers have an opportunity to go to four races without spending, um, you know, half of a house payment, um, then I think I think more people will take a, take the chance and participate in it. So having a, a longer race schedule and a bigger race series with more options, I think, makes it doable for more racers. Um, so we're just we're just going to be careful in choosing them. We'd like to see some races in the southwest. Um, I would, uh, I think that that's possible for, uh, 2017 or, or going forward. So we'll, we'll reevaluate all of those in 2016 and keep everyone and keep mountain bike radio posted on our progress. Great. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on the last aid station. Um, getting this information out to our listeners. I'm sure there's, um, more than a few that are very interested in finding out what the 2016 schedule for the NUE both the century and the marathon series holds for them begin planning their, the exciting time planning out their schedule for that next year. Um, and as always, you guys always put on great events and thank you very much for coming on the last aid station. Thank you. Um, I'd like to get back to, to you, uh, shortly about awards. Um, there will be awards for both series, both travel awards and cash awards. Maybe we can talk about that another time, but, uh, we'll, we'll get those, uh, press releases out to the marathon series. We'll offer a cash reward. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Let us know when those are firmed up and we will make sure we get that information out. Thank you very much, Ryan. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us on this special episode of The Last Aid Station here on Mountain Bike Radio. This is Mark. My guest today has been Ryan O'Dell, the Race Series Director of the National Ultra Endurance Series. If you have any questions or comments regarding today's episode, feel free to get in touch with me at mark at mountainbikeradio.com or through our Facebook page at The Last Aid Station. We look forward to bringing all kinds of information news, race highlights of the National Ultra Endurance Series through the coming season. Until then, we hope to see you at a race near you, or at least on the trails. Take care.